0: you ever watch a show that was really popular a few years back on the Discovery's channel called The Mythbusters? You know, I really loved this show. It was a great show with these two guys that were always trying to find these myths or these wives' tales or whatever it might be and try to see if they could figure out whether it was true or not. You know, things like, um, can you really find a needle in a haystack? Or if water's dripping on your forehead constantly, will it really drive you nuts? Just some of the things, some, some of the crazy myths that I really loved that they tried to conquer was, can you really drive a, mo- can you drive a motorcycle over the water? Or a really gross one, can you use your earwax to make a candle? Or can you use the things found in a hotel room to make a parachute? You know, those are just some of the urban lifts that they've tackled on this show. You know, a few years ago, my family and I found ourselves in Houston, Texas at the Space Center down there. And in the Space Center there, in their museum, they have the Mythbusters exhibits. And we really, my boys really enjoy the Mythbusters exhibits and going through the different sessions, trying to see what was true and what was not true. And the best one was going through the rain, we get more wet walking or running. And so they would run through this rain um, insinuator and um, this this rainmaker, and it would. Then they would calculate how many drops of rain they had, whether they ran or walked. It's a lot of fun, but you know, truth be told, in our own lives we struggle with myths. Myths are those things that we tend to be led to believe that aren't true. And I'm sure that we've all had things in our own lives that we've been led to believe only to find out that it wasn't true. It wasn't true at all. And today in our journey through the Lord's Prayer of teaching us to pray, we're talking about this subject of praying for forgiveness. And let's just be honest for a moment. There are several myths that we have been led to believe about forgiveness that have put us in a bad track of really fully experiencing the reality of forgiveness. But before we really talk about all that, let's just be real with this. Forgiveness is a touchy subject for some of us, isn't it? Forgiveness is a very difficult thing for us to talk about because maybe you've been hurt too deeply. Maybe your wounds are really deep. And this idea of forgiveness is really difficult to discuss. And I'm not trying to put aside your hurt. But let's just try to journey together today to see what God says about forgiveness. And maybe we can uh, experience the fullness of who he is. But in order to do that we need to debunk some of the myths about forgiveness that we've been led to believe that just are not true and we've been held captive because of these myths. Well, let's tackle some of these. These aren't in your notes, but listen along. See, the first myth that we think about forgiving is forgiving is forgetting and that's just not true forgiveness does not mean you forget we are not wired that way we are not wired with the ability to say i forget about what they've done that's not how it works forgiveness does not mean you forget about the hurt that you have or how you've been treated by other people in the past it finds a new normal the new ability to go on so let's debunk that The second myth about forgiveness is that the pain goes away. And that's just not true. Forgiveness does not mean the pain goes away. In fact, the pain may be there for the rest of your life, the reality of it. But how do you work through that new normal of the pain that was brought on to you? So let's debunk that. The pain does not go away when you forgive. The next is that forgiveness does not mean you excuse the offense. You know, we so often think that forgiveness means then the person that hurt us, they can just kind of go on with life. That they don't have to suffer the consequences because of what they did. No, that is not true. There still needs to be consequences of the actions that we commit to. Sometimes justice still needs to happen. Forgiveness does not mean consequences are diverted. That's not what that means. So let's debunk that. Forgiveness does not mean you are to allow the offender to continue to hurt you. So many of us continue to be in unhealthy relationships that continue to hurt us because we think forgiveness means, I just have to be a doormat. I can't do anything about it. I just have to to deal with it. That's forgiveness. That's not forgiveness. In fact, in healthy relationships, sometimes boundaries must be developed boundaries are healthy and forgiveness does not mean you allow people to continue to hurt you forgiveness means you know at some point if this person is going to continue to do this then we need to develop healthy boundaries and the final myth that we need to debunk about forgiveness is that it's just this one-time event that maybe tomorrow you'll wake up and it's like i forgive that person everything's good now And forgiveness is not a big bang moment. It's not a one-time moment where you wake up and everything's great. Forgiveness is a gradual process. It takes time. It takes days or weeks or months or maybe even years. You know, if we really want to get real with forgiveness, we need to understand what it really means. It's not one of those myths that we just debunked. And so often we don't understand what forgiveness is because we try to define it by those myths. And it's just not true. So, what is forgiveness? In your own heart, how would you define it? How would you define forgiveness for yourself? We need to be real with this. So, moving forward, this is what we mean when we're talking about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a conscious and deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards someone who has harmed you, whether they deserve the forgiveness or not. Let me read it again because this is so important we need to grasp this. Forgiveness is a conscious, conscious and deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward someone who has harmed you whether they deserve the forgiveness or not. Do you see that? Forgiveness is releasing. Forgiveness is letting go of the resentment, the bitterness, that's in your heart. The desire to get back, to repay them, is released. And note the last part of that def- definition, whether they deserve it or not. Forgiveness does not mean, oh, they deserve it. Forgiveness does not mean, hey, you know, they, 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 didn't, they messed up when they did it. They didn't really mean to do that, so they don't really deserve what's going on. No, forgiveness means that you provide it. The opposite of forgiveness is harboring resentment, harboring vengeance, harboring a desire to get even. That's the opposite of forgiveness. Forgiveness is releasing those feelings from your heart, releasing the resentment, releasing the bitterness, and just letting it go. Jesus put it this way in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, verse 12. He prayed, And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. This is such a profound portion of this prayer because here Jesus connects God's forgiveness towards us with our willingness to to forgive others. What Jesus is revealing is how closely connected our relationship with him is with our relationship with other people. And so often we try to separate the two, like they're two different things and they are not We have been created. We are wired as relational beings. You are unable to separate the relationships in your life and the effects they have on you. Every relationship is like a puzzle piece in your life and a building block in the foundation of who you are. You cannot separate how you treat others, how you interact with others, and how you relate with God. It goes hand in hand. And the same is true with this. How we relate to God is also how we relate with other people. You cannot separate the two. And your willingness or unwillingness to forgive also affects your ability to experience or not experience the forgiveness that God wants to provide you. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know, to get extremely basic, if we are unwilling to forgive those who hurt us, then we will never, never fully experience the forgiveness that God wants to give to you. You just won't. You won't. But I know some of you are sitting there thinking, Bill, if you only knew if you only knew what they did to me, if you only knew what happened in my life, if you only understood how deep the wound is, if you only understood it. True. But if only we would understand what our sin does to our relationship with God. How deep of a divide our sin creates with God. Yeah, he forgives us. He came to us. You know, let's break this down a little bit. Jesus in the the prayer said, forgive us our debts. You know what those debts are? The debt is almost like a financial debt in our life. You know, if you're a financial person, you understand that. If you're in the black, that's good. If you're in the red, that's not. And you want to stay away from things that pull you financially into the red. The debt that Jesus is talking about is a spiritual debt. And spiritually speaking, we have pulled ourselves into the red. Well, how do we do that? Well, the Bible calls those debts, those sins, uh, those things as sin. Sin are choices that we make that are opposite from the heart of God. God gave us a very important, very, uh, uh, way, a very, can I get it out? Here we go. God gave us very specific ways to follow him in the Bible. And when we go against God's heart, then we are sinning. When we make choices opposite of what God called us to do, we are sinning. And so, by that, then we have developed spiritual debt in our lives that has created a big wedge between us and God. The sin in your life is the debt you owe to God. Because here's the big problem God is holy. God is holy. And do you understand what that means? Because of his holiness, he cannot be in the presence of sin. That's why he gave us the direction in the Bible. Because in his heart of hearts, you know what God wants? He wants a relationship with you. And so the Bible is all about how he's guiding us to have a real relationship with you because he understands his nature. He is holy. He can't be with us when we have sin in our lives. But because we brought sin into our heart and we all have done it, then this debt must be satisfied. And how is the debt satisfied? The debt is satisfied with blood. Blood. And all throughout the Old Testament, you see the people going to the temple to make sacrifices, to make, uh, to make it right with God of their own poor choices. But all that revealed was the reality that we will never be good enough. We will never achieve it. But God so desperately wants that relationship with us, so he sent his son, Jesus. The perfect lamb of God, who died on the cross... So our debt may be wiped away. He forgave us. And here we see this prayer for forgiveness. Coupled with our role in forgiving other people. And I think sometimes we find ourselves going to God. Almost in a prideful way. Last week we talked about the reality of pride and how we fall prey to pride and how it consumes our life and i think so often we go to god and we say in a prideful way god it's almost like you owe it to me god forgive me like like god owes us his forgiveness and can i just be real with you he doesn't he doesn't owe you a thing and he doesn't owe me a thing it's all because he loves you that's why he went to the cross So let's put our pride aside. God owes us nothing. And understand this He came to us willingly, He came to us anyway. And He asks us to do our part as well. You know, our natural tendency of our heart is to focus on what we want. But God's challenging us to look beyond ourselves into the reality of his own heart. And this prayer is so motivated by a humble spirit ever cognizant of our own failures and our own inadequacies. It's the expectation of God's forgiveness that is predicated on a forgiving heart that extends itself to those who have sinned against us. And so often we build these barriers in our life continually harboring resentment toward other people and all this does is leave us with a negative impact on our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. In fact, I believe it is a betrayal of our own identity as God's children to maintain a spirit of bitterness towards other people. You cannot claim to be a follower of Jesus when you're controlled and your master is bitterness. Because you're missing out on the reality of his heart. How can we truly claim to be his followers? when we live life that way. And to understand forgiveness is to understand how closely connected our relationship with others is and our relationship with God. Please take note of this. Forgiving others is connected with experiencing God's forgiveness. Do not overlook that basic reality in this prayer. Forgiving others is very closely connected with us experiencing God's forgiveness in our life. We will never fully experience God's forgiveness if we are unable to express forgiveness with those who hurt us. Just like we talked about last week with with the pride and all the stuff that we talked about. God provides us his blessings, but he also calls us to do our part to fully, to experience his blessings. And many of us are so consumed by the hurt in our lives that we find ourselves on this journey that is emotionally and spiritually destroying us. And some of us don't even know it. This journey that goes on is when we're hurt, then we fall into this trap of self-pity. And, and, and we just kind of do the woe is me, and everybody else has it better than me, and life, their life is so much better, if only my life was like theirs, and before you know it, if you don't heal yourself in that moment, the next phase that you fall prey to is a life of resentment, your heart becomes a resentful heart, and before you know it, you resent everybody else in your path, everybody else around you, everybody else you see in your life, and if you don't heal your heart in that moment, then it creeps up, and before you know it, your life is overwhelmed with blame, you start to blame everybody else for the circumstances you are in and some of you will say okay i get all that bill but what is the big deal i have been really hurt if you only knew the situation that i am in i don't think i could ever forgive the person that hurt me in the way that they hurt me and you know please know i'm not downplaying your hurt debunk that myth forgiveness does not mean the hurt goes away it does not mean it gets ignored but my friends we also need to understand that our inability to forgive is only hurting you. Your in unwillingness to forgive it's not hurting the person who hurt you it's hurting you. It's causing more and more damage on you in your heart, in your life, in your journey. The inability to forgive, all it does is in your own heart is to develop a bitter heart. And if it's not controlled, if it's not healed, it will become a heart that is hard. And it will become so hard that you will never truly experience who God is in your life because you're boxing him out. And the inability to forgive if you don't control your heart and heart, then it becomes a negative impact on all the relationships in your life. Your heart becomes so hard and your heart becomes so bitter. Your heart becomes so hurt. And it's not healed that before you know it, you're hurting every other relationship in your life, including your relationship with God. The bottom line is this. If we have an inability to forgive, we are destroying ourselves emotionally and spiritually as well as damaging the healthy relationships that we have with others and with Jesus. Please hear that very clearly. If we have an inability to forgive, we are destroying ourselves emotionally and spiritually as well as damaging the healthy relationships we have with others and with Jesus. Your unforgiveness hurts— Not the people who hurt you, it hurts you. That's why it's so important. You know, it's been said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. It's just not going to happen. Also, I heard it say that holding a grudge is like letting someone live rent-free in your head. Because unforgiveness, all it does is continue to allow you to be captive to what they did to you. You need to release it. You need to heal. Because all it does is allow those who hurt you to continue to damage your heart, to continue to damage you. And most importantly, it causes you to miss out on the fullness of who Jesus is. And he loves you desperately. You know, in the New Testament, Matthew 18, Jesus told a story. and They're called parables. And in the New Testament, Jesus used parables to give a lesson to the people that were, that were listening to him. And this one parable that he was sharing in Matthew 18 was about a servant who chose not to show mercy. And he went to the king, as Jesus told this servant, went to his king to ask for mercy of a debt that equaled 20 years of a day's wage. This was a massive mound of debt, one that he probably would never be able to repay. He went to the king, he was on his knees, and he was begging for the king, please show mercy on me. And the king showed mercy and wiped out his debt and said, your debt is forgiven. Immediately, Jesus said in the story, this man went out onto the street and he saw another servant that owed him a day's wage. And this servant then grabbed this other man who owed him a day's wage. And it says that he took him to the ground and he was choking him and he was demanding for his repayment. He was demanding for his money. And then Jesus shares in this parable, then the master called his servant in. He said, you wicked servant, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had, had, just as I had on you? In anger, His master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. That's a scary story. Our unwillingness to forgive ultimately damages our relationship with Jesus. Why? Because the train wreck of unforgiveness, of bitterness and resentment, and just the desire to get back tortures our own soul and puts, a, puts our spiritual self almost in a jail cell. And most, so many of us have been locked up by our own bitterness, by our own resentment, by our own desire to get back, that we're not experiencing the fullness of forgiveness that God wants to provide. The real question when I look at the story is, how could we, how could I refuse forgiveness When Jesus willingly forgave us. How how could we possibly do that? How can we go out the door and say, I will refuse to forgive you what you did to me, yet the creator of everything he is forgave who I am. You see, the debt that we owe God is far greater than anything we could ever imagine. It's 20 times what people may owe us. If we just understood the magnitude of our own poor choices and the divided causes with God... If we understood that, then we come to reality of what forgiveness is all about. How could we refuse forgiveness on others when God forgave us? You know, to fully experience God's forgiveness, we need to offer the forgiveness to those that hurt us. But remember the myth. This is not one big bang moment. This is not right now saying, okay, I forgive that person. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and all the roses are going to be red. No, it's a gradual process. It's a process you need to work through. Remember, it's releasing the resentment. It's releasing the bitterness. It's releasing the desire to get back at them. That's the process of forgiveness. So let's talk about that process a little bit more. You know, to really go through that process, the first thing you need to do is accept the forgiveness that God offers through Jesus. Before you can do anything else, step one is accepting the forgiveness that God offers through Jesus. He went to the cross, willingly sacrificed his life so that our debt may be forgiven. We need to go to him. And sometimes we struggle with accepting God's forgiveness because we struggle with the person that we are. We struggle when we look in the mirror and we don't like who we are. Maybe it's because of how we've been damaged by our own hurt. Maybe it's because of the choices we have made. Whatever it might be, we don't like who we are. And so we devalue ourselves so much that we think God devalues us too. And it's just not true. God values you so much so that he sent his son to die for you. He loves you. And so we need to find the ability to see ourselves the way that God sees us. Allow him to forgive us. And maybe some of you, you need to forgive yourself too. You need to stop holding a grudge against yourself. And find the ability to move. The next step in this whole process of forgiveness is resolving the bitterness in our heart. And revoking the desire to get revenge. At some point, you need to resolve the bitterness. You need to take away the desire to get revenge. In other words, at some point, you just need to let it go. Just let it go. And let me be real, I know how hard that is. It's so much easier to say that than to live it. I get it. I know the hurt can be so deep that it's so easy to say, just let it go. That's not an easy process. But until we find the ability to do that, your master will be bitterness. Your master will be resentment. Your master will be revenge, and you will never be healed. God wants to heal your heart and you need to not allow the bitterness to become your master in your own soul. And so the question is, does bitterness consume you? Does bitterness consume you? Is your life so focused on how you want to get back at the people who hurt you? Is that what consumes you? You need to find the ability to let it go. You will never find healing if you don't. Paul put it this way in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 31 and 32. He wrote, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Get rid of it all. Don't allow that to win in your heart. Max LeCato, author Max Lucado put it this way He wrote, The question is not, did you get hurt? The question is are you going to let the hurt harden you? Wouldn't you wouldn't you prefer to be tender-hearted, forgiving one another? Wouldn't you prefer that? You know, to get rid of all the bitterness that's in your heart, to get rid of the revenge that's consuming you, you need to go through the process. At some point, you need to get real with yourself, decide what you need to forgive. Be specific. Maybe write it down, but decide what is it about the situation that really hurt me? What am I so mad about? What am I so bitter about? Be specific with it. What do you need to forgive? And then as you move on from that, ask yourself and be real, why does this hurt? Why does this sting? Why does it leave me wounded? You need to go through the process and answer those questions. Because sometimes you may go through that process and come to a realization that, you know what? I don't even know if that person really understood what they did to me. They may not even meant harm to me and I just need to work it out. Or maybe you are saying, boy, they meant every bit of it and they hurt me to the core. But in either way, you need to ask yourself, why does it hurt? Why is the wound so real? And then once you do that, take it to Jesus. Take it to Jesus. Talk to Jesus about how you've been hurt. Talk to Jesus about the offense in your life. Talk to him about the bitterness you have, the rage you have, the, re- the resentment you have. You, t- tell him about how you want to get even and talk him through that until he takes away the anger, until the anger subsides. And then when it all comes back again, and it will, go back to him again. And you keep going back to him. Every time you get in that moment of where the bitterness and the anger and the resentment is consuming you, you go to Jesus and you be real. I'm hurt. I need to forgive. This is why it hurts. Just talk it out with him. And maybe some of you needs to go talk to the person who hurt you. Now, let me be real with this. Because some of you have been hurt in a mighty way and that person just continues to hurt you. Like I said before, one of the myths is... ...that you keep getting hurt. Forgiveness does not mean you keep putting yourself in a position... ...or in a relationship that continues to hurt you... You need healthy boundaries. But if you know it's a safe place, if you know it's a safe situation where you can talk to that person who hurt you, then maybe you need to go talk to that person. Just be real. This is how you offended me. This is how you hurt me. This is how I'm being hurt right now. Whatever it might be, and just talk it out. Share with them how you feel and how it makes you feel. And also pray for them. Pray for the person who offended you. You know, you can't force reconciliation, but you can offer intercession. Intercession is going to God and praying for that person. You can offer that. In fact, the Bible says that we are to pray for those who persecute, persecute us. Pray for our enemies. And this is one of the most difficult things that so many of us overlook in our lives. The people that hurt us, we are to pray for them. And then watch what God may do in their life. But even more importantly, watch what God begins to do in your own heart. Just let it go. And at some point, with your bitterness and your hurt, you need to conduct a funeral. And what I mean by that is this. You need to bury the offense in your life in the cemetery of moving on. At some point... We need to get to the healthy place where we move on from that. That this situation, that this hurt, that this bitterness is no longer the thing that consumes my heart, that controls my thoughts, that just drives me crazy every single day. I have moved on. And that's the healthy step that we need to get to as we go through the process. At some point, that is the releasing of it. The releasing of the bitterness, the releasing of the resentment, the releasing of how I feel. and and offering forgiveness and saying, I am moving on now because this is no longer my master. This is no longer controlling my heart. My friends, this is how happiness happens. We cannot allow bitterness and revenge and the desire to get even to become our master because it will destroy you. It will destroy you. Through all of this, we need to determine To do good rather than evil. At some point in our journey, we need to determine to do good rather than evil. I mean, be real for a moment. What do you believe is stronger? Do you believe good is stronger or evil is stronger? Which do you think wins? Now, I bet many of you said in your own heart and your own mind, well, Bill, good wins. Okay, let's put that theory in your claiming of what you believe to the test. When you get wronged, when, you get, when someone offends you, what is your natural reaction in life? If you're like me, it's not always to say, hey, it's all right, go, it's all good. No, it's to get back at them. It's to get revenge. It's to pay back and, and, and have bitterness or anger in your heart, isn't it? By so doing, our own actions reveal that maybe in the depths of our heart we believe that evil is stronger than good, but it's not. The Bible is very clear in this. Good wins. Good always wins. And the more you try to do evil, when you're when you and more you try to pay back, and more you allow bitterness to consume you. You are not winning. You are losing. And what you're losing is the battle of your own emotional state, of your own spiritual state, and you're hurting the relationships in your life and your relationship with God because evil never wins. Good does. And with all that, we need to make the stand, not just by words, But by our own life, by our own choices, by our own attitude, I will not let evil win. I can't. Because it will destroy me. Look how Paul put it in Romans chapter 12 when he wrote, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge our pace, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will, reap, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. My friends, at some point, we need to stop allowing bitterness to rule our heart. Stop trying to get revenge. Stop, trying to give, stop giving the devil a foothold by repaying evil with evil. Let good win. And look what Paul wrote. When you do good, when you let good win, you will heap burning coals on their head. I love that phrase. In other words, you let him deal with that. You deal with that. With you. You forgive. You move forward. You trust in God's goodness and grace and justice. You trust him. And know this. Peace, unfortunately, is not always possible. See what Paul wrote? As far as it depends on you, you strive for peace. In other words... You are not responsible for the other person, how they choose to respond. You are responsible for you. And you need to do everything within your power, within your abilities, to strive for peace, knowing that maybe they choose not to. And you know what? You need to be okay with that. At some point, you need to be okay and say, I was obedient to Jesus. I did my part and I can move on. I've released it. I'm moving forward. You know, it's so important. Please know this. True forgiveness ultimately is what restores the brokenness in our own heart and soul. True forgiveness is what restores your heart. It's what restores your soul. And so many of us are... Missing out on the true healing in our life because we haven't taken the steps to truly forgive and to release it out of our life. Please know this forgiving others is what heals you. That's what heals you. Look what else Jesus said in that Lord's Prayer in verses 14 and 15. Jesus said, "Forget. for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This just reinforces the thought of experiencing God's forgiveness is so closely connected with our forgiveness towards other people. Our ability to forgive takes its incentive and distinctive qualities from the way that God, through Jesus, has responded to our own condition he did good to us. Jesus went to the cross. In fact, while he was on the cross, looking at all the people that were offending him, looking at the people who nailed him to the cross, who were mocking him in that moment, in his most desperate time of pain and despair, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. And the night before that all happened, the night that he was betrayed, betrayed by one of his closest companions who sold him over to be put to death. While all the soldiers were there and, bringing, and putting him in chains, at that moment, Peter jumped out with a sword and cut off one of the soldier's ears. And in that moment of betrayal, Jesus chose good. He healed this man's ear. And then he looked back at Peter and the disciples, and he said these words Put away your sword. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. You know, spiritually speaking, so many people are not putting away their spiritual sword of unforgiveness. And by so doing, We are dying spiritually and emotionally, and some of us don't even realize it. We don't even see it. We need to put away the sword. You want healing in your heart? Put away the sword. Let good win. Don't let bitterness consume you. Don't resentment be your master. Don't live a life with a desire to get even. You let good win and you experience the fullness of who he is. He wants to heal you. Break down those walls. Jesus forgave us our debts. And he asks us to forgive our debtors. To experience the fullness of his forgiveness We need to live the reality of what forgiveness is and allow him to heal us. Allow him to restore us and move forward. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Thank you because you love us. Even despite all that we have done, you love us the same. You went to the cross for us. And by your life, you revealed what the true reality of forgiveness is. And Lord, I know there's some people in this room who are broken, who are hurting because of the wounds of what other people have done in their lives. And Lord, help us all to walk through the process of living out forgiveness. Help us to see how much it means and how important it is to forgive other people in our relationship with you. Lord, for the people sitting in this room right now who are consumed by bitterness or revenge or resentment, Lord, I pray that you heal them. Help them to release that, that they may experience your true healing power. Lord, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for always walking with us. And may we experience you in a whole new way. It's in your name we pray.